your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 415 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join us this week on Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern time to get in on the action. My name is Laura Saba. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matla. And I just want to make really clear that we are recording this during my lunch hour on Tuesday. So we're going to talk about whatever news has broken. It's busy days in the NHL, so if anything happens in the evening, we will address it on tomorrow's episode. But as of now, the biggest news is that the Minnesota Wild have announced that they are buying out Zach Parise and Ryan Suter, which I am trying to figure out why they're doing this. And it seems like it's possibly because they didn't want to waive their no moves to go to Seattle or whatever, because they have to protect them uh, or they would have had to protect them if they kept them. And then the uh, the wild were going to have to have nurse exposed. But at the same time, it doesn't seem like a good enough reason for me to have almost $13 million of dead cap space next year and then upwards of 14 for the two years after that. But what do I know? Uh, Scott, this is brand new information. We literally just got it like maybe half an hour ago. And as you're processing this, like we're going to deal with whether or not this relates to the Montreal Canadiens in one second, but in your mind, what are they thinking? I, I assume that they are, they have something bigger coming down the pipe in Minnesota that they want longer term cap space for, whether that's Jack Eichel, whether that's a long-term uh, Kirill Kaprizov contract and maybe they're trading for Seth Jones. Who knows? One of my favorite parts about this though, is that the Oilers traded for Duncan Keith yesterday. And had they waited legitimately one day, they would have had the opportunity to go ahead and just get Ryan Suter much cheaper because there was, I have his buyout thing right here from cap friendly. They're Suter and Parise buyouts are the exact same. So this year they're owed 2.37 mil Next year, 6.37. The year after that, 7.37. The year after that, 7.37. And then for the four years after that, it's less than a million dollars. So for the next four years, Ryan Suter and Zach Parise are getting paid. And to put a hab spin on this, like Laura mentioned, uh, it's very reminiscent of Corey Perry, who's getting $2 million this year and next from the Anaheim Ducks as part of his buyout. I look at the amount that Suter and Parise are being paid and it presents a very big opportunity for Mark Bergevin to kind of look at this and go, I wonder if I can get them cheap and maybe add them to this Canadians team. It's shocking that it happened because Suter was still a useful piece. Uh, Parise, I thought maybe they would have traded him. I know there was trade interest last year, but to see both bought out, it's uh, it's the end of a very weird era in hockey with a lot of very bad, weird contracts. It was honestly, I, I, I remember the day that um, they signed them, Minnesota signed them. I remember like in the morning they tweeted or not in the morning, as soon as the um, free agency period opened, there, there was a tweet and it said, from the Minnesota Wild War Room, we have made offers to Parise and Suter. We all laughed at them and then they got Parise and Suter. 
and it was supposed to be the beginning of new era. And in, in, instead, that's not what it turned out to be. The, um, the wild have made the playoffs uh, since then, but they haven't really gone all that far in the playoffs. And uh, really, it didn't really change much for them. It didn't usher them into an era of success or anything like that. I want to point out that Ryan Suter is obviously aging. So whoever picks him up is going to have to do it on a short term basis, whether it's one year, two year, three years, but he's still offensively gifted and, 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 and he still has that in him. And so let's say you're a team that has a lot of defensive defensemen. Maybe you need a little bit of help in the offense situation. Then Ryan Suter is very attractive. I think the, the problem is going to be uh, with uh, with the Canadians. And, and so we're obviously we're talking about the Canadians here is that, uh, you know, they have defensive defensemen to play him with to shelter that aspect of it. And, and as we've talked about so much over the course of the season and even throughout the playoffs, even throughout the playoffs, you do need offensive defensemen to help you sort of lead the rush and, 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 and help your breakout. And that's something that is very tempting. But for me, because he's already being paid so much because the option to have him for cheap is available a lot of teams are going to be after Ryan Suter and I I saw um, I saw a couple of people talking about how because of this Canadians cup run and all these young players on the team that Montreal would be an attractive destination for a free agent but I don't know if it would be as attractive for a free agent like that far in his career I feel like it would be like Montreal's an attractive destination for somebody who like in the next three-ish years they want to start contending, right? Like somebody who understands that they're going to be, there's going to be a wait before the window actually opens. And and uh, I, I don't know well, like what you think, because for me, I feel like it's a, it's a very attractive option for Montreal, especially since he could be have had for cheap and Montreal does have upcoming cap issues, as we're going to talk about later in this episode. But at the same time, lots of teams are going to be after him. Like, even if you just think about it, like, Buffalo would love him. The Flyers, maybe, because their defense underperformed this year. Um, maybe the Rangers. The Rangers might have uh, a lot of use for him. Uh, the Islanders are talking about they are trying to sh- uh, trade out uh, Nick Letty, and they'll they'll have a little bit of space. And there, there are a lot of options for Ryan Suter, depending on where he wants to go. But Montreal has two things. They have his old BFF. Uh, who he was separated from in that free agency period so many years ago. And they have this recent cup run that everybody's talking about. And that's exactly it is there's a lot to like about where this fits with the Canadians. And like you said, uh, with the way this buyout works, there's a lot of teams that should and probably will be interested in this. There's a lot of teams with a lot of cap space that can, you know, afford to pay him a little more, even though, you know, he's getting paid almost $6 million a year for the next four years. Like there's a lot of competition for what's going on here. And I'm almost more interested to see where Zach Parise fits because Zach Parise himself is still, I think a very useful piece for this Canadians team right now, or could be a useful piece similar to how Corey Perry was in a middle six, bottom six kind of role here. But I do think that the Canadians will be in the thick of it. This is right in Mark Bergevin's wheelhouse. You have experienced guys they're Olympians. They've played in the league for however many years and that they can come in a year or two at the most fill in for what this team needs in this cup window and then move on to retirement or elsewhere. After that, there's the potential there. The flyers are definitely a destination. It's going to be a very interesting race for Ryan Suter and Zach Parise, you know, nine years after the fact, um, 
we're finally going to get them as potential big name free agents this year. And the impact that might have on the market, it might draw some eyes away from a Dougie Hamilton or someone else. Now it's, it opens up a lot of new avenues for the Canadians. It absolutely does. And it's going to take a little bit of careful cap management if they do. I think if the, if you're the Canadians, you do make a case. I, I am not at all interested in Zach Parise at all. Uh, but I know people are saying that he still, you know, he, he still could be serviceable in a Corey Perry type deal. And I'm like, well, we already have one of those. Let's get that one. Uh, you know, we don't need Zach Parise if we can re-sign Corey Perry for league minimum or, or at least a Wayne Simmons type contract. So for me, I think uh, you, you, you call him and you see what's up. I think that's what you do if you're Montreal, uh, especially before you submit your, uh, your, uh, protected list and we're going to talk about that obviously next week because the the lists are due on the 17th we'll find out who's on them on the 18th and on monday the 19th we'll have an episode and we'll talk about that in the meantime uh, we want to talk about some other goings on in the league and whether or not they may affect the canadians tangentially or not and that is coming up in just one moment But first, Spotify Greenroom, as we've said, is a place that you can come and chat with us. And we've really, really enjoyed getting to know you guys through that. So basically what it is, is you get the Greenroom app. And uh, when we tell you, so this week, it's going to be obviously Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, you come and hang out and we'll be chatting. And we've got a lot of the locked on hosts that like to join and chat as well. And we'll talk about the Habs. Maybe we'll talk about, uh, you know, uh, what's coming up with the draft and the expansion draft and, and, and free agency. We also sometimes talk about hockey trivia. Sometimes we get into hockey history and sometimes we talk about food because let's face it, this is locked on Canadians. And, uh, I think locked on hosts in general do like to have food conversations, but the whole point is please come chat. You can, you can choose to talk or just hang out and listen. Uh, and uh, it's basically just like being in a virtual hangout with us. And uh, so you can do that. If you go and download the free green room app now currently available on all iOS devices and FYI, there's a beta beta on Android. <laughs> if you're on an Android, Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. You can follow us. Scott is at Scott Matla. I'm at The Active Stick. And you'll be notified when our room goes live. We know you don't want to miss it. This week, we're going to be live, as we said, on Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern. And we can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on what's going to happen in free agency and in the expansion draft. We're going to see you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. This episode is also brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And honestly, we've talked to you about this so much. It basically fuels our hockey coverage, essentially. Uh, we'll have them, like I use them as breakfast sometimes, or if I don't feel like eating, but you know, you, you know you're going to get lightheaded if you don't eat enough. Uh, a lot of people use them before or after workouts or like during their hikes. And really what it is, is it's a protein bar that gives you that energy but it tastes like a treat and there's 18 delicious flavors. And right now there's a limited, limited time flavor. Uh, it's built grasshopper cookie, which I don't know if you've ever had grasshopper cookie, but it's basically like a mint, mint chocolate in a, in a cookie form. It's delicious either way. Uh, you can go to built 
com and enter our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. And just a quick note, there's at least 17 grams of protein, very low in sugar. It's made with real chocolate. It's low in calorie, all of those things, if you care about them. But if you just also just want a treat that's going to give you some energy, go to built.com and enter promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. The Ottawa Senators have hired Pierre Maguire uh, as their senior vice president director thing, like a made up title of player development. And uh, this obviously happened yesterday, but we'd already dropped our episode for yesterday, uh, literally like an hour later, like six o'clock in the morning. Um, they, uh, I think it was Bruce Garriock that reported that uh, the senators had hired Pierre Maguire and um I think this affects the Canadians in two ways. One, positively, uh, if he sticks around in Ottawa. And two, negatively, if this is his way to get back into uh, NHL management positions, knowing that there is one year left on Mark Bergevin's contract, and he has now expressed that he uh, he's going to honor that contract. And to us, that means that he's contemplating his future, and part of it might not be being the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. So... You know, at first I was so excited and happy when Ottawa hired him. And then the thought that, you know, Pierre, um, um, uh, Eugene Melnick was the one that hired him really the way that it made uh, the way that it the way that the story uh, sort of evolved was like he'd had all of these conversations with the owner, but then only a couple of uh, conversations with uh, with uh, Pierre Dorian, the general manager. And we also found out that Pierre Dorian might uh have an early departure and i think he also has uh his his contract is up at the same time at mark bergevin's so like we got like we were salivating at the idea that pierre mcguire was going to become the general manager of the ottawa senators and in my head i'm like oh no what if the opposite happens and what if you know this is his like re-entry into the into the hockey management uh milieu and then you know mark bergevin doesn't come back and montreal gives him a call and that's like now i'm like curled up in the fetal position. So first, let's not think about the worst. Let's just enjoy this because as we've said so many times on this show, and we said it as well with uh, our our, uh, our counterpart with Locked on Leafs, like Ottawa is well on the heels of everybody else in this division. They've got a lot of really key young pieces. And Pierre Dorian is actually... Uh, a decent general manager, like especially since it looks like he wasn't the one to, to choose Pierre Maguire. They've made some decent uh, uh, moves and decent drafts uh, in, in the last couple of years. So like, you know, you're talking about it and they've made some strides. I would say their goalie uh, blindness, like I, I wouldn't have uh, given Matt Murray a contract, but that's just me. I just, I find that like now they have Pierre Maguire in a management position. It seems to be advisory in these young players that we're talking about. He's going to be involved in that. I feel a lot better maybe about uh, Ottawa, maybe not being super, super in a rush to, to sort of overtake the Canadians or the Leafs. I, I look at it this way too, in that I think Pierre Maguire has all the knowledge in the world. Like he knows players and where they played and this and who they played with. And that's outstanding. My biggest thing with a hire like this is that I look at Pierre Maguire and go, is he willing to understand that he doesn't know everything though, and that he has to take outside information into account when making decisions. And based on the way his introductory press conference went, I don't think that that's going to happen. 
And Ottawa is, like we said, in this spot that they are very close to breaking through and completing their rebuild on things. They have a lot of very talented players, and they were putting it together very well at the end of last season. And now they have a guy who has his biases in who he knows and who he pays attention to. And I think that could be a real roadblock for this team is that he's in a very big position. He's the VP of player development. That's not a small, that's not a small thing. He answers directly to Pierre Dorian. And if Pierre is listening to Pierre Maguire, you can see a rash of things that are kind of outside the norm for what this team's done. They've done well getting assets and everything for dead contracts and such we just talked about Zach Parise getting bought out. You want a team that might be looking at that. I would look at Ottawa where Pierre is your VP of player development. You want to bring in a veteran. You got to bet they're going to be right in on that. It's a very interesting proposition for the senators. If they can overcome Pierre's, I don't want to say flaws, but, and I don't want to say ego because that sounds a little bit mean, but if they can kind of rein him in and have him, you know, accept outside information, they're getting a wealth of knowledge, a guy who knows where people are and who people talk and where players go and this and that. It could be a great move. It just, it feels like this is a misstep, especially with the team with so much young talent that is up and coming and an NHL that is constantly evolving from when Pierre Maguire was last behind the bench and not working for NBC at all. I think for me is that, you know, we've talked a lot about Pierre Maguire being stuck in the past. And that to me, I think there's a huge disparity, you know, because the Ottawa Senators being such a young team, they are considered a team of the future. And then they hire somebody with such an old school mentality. And, it, you know, and, and the thing is, like the Canadians with a relatively older school mentality did get to the Stanley cup final this year, despite the odds against a team that was, is very forward thinking and they beat multiple forward thinking teams on the way, right? They beat Toronto and they beat uh, Vegas. So I feel like there's this disparity in the NHL about how to succeed and what kind of philosophy. But I think for me personally, you have to be open to new ideas. And I think it's it that's the most important thing is that no matter what kind of management or coaching position you're in, in a front office, you have to be open to everything. And so somebody like Pierre Maguire, who's shown a lot of stubbornness in, into moving about moving into the future, like that's not somebody that I would want in Montreal as a general manager. So for me, I'm like the longer he stays in, in Ottawa, the better. And whatever happens with Mark Bergevin's future, I hope that He's not the one that they hire after him to manage the team. And it has, you know, maybe he's grown over the years because there have been stories about how he mismanaged when he was uh, the coach in, in, uh, in, in Hartford. And they're like, it's legendary how badly mismanaged that was. And, and, you know, these stories like that have followed him around and he obviously loves hockey. And I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And, and I, you know, he obviously has a passion for the game. Absolutely. But I just don't like people who aren't forward thinking. And I think that the fact that the Montreal Canadians with defensive defensemen and blah, 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 made the Stanley cup final doesn't mean that there's no room in this organization for thinking uh, into the future. And, and I feel like also, you know, Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki are kind of emblematic of, of thinking, uh, uh, thinking forward thinking, I should say. So, you know, it's not all lost in Montreal. We have to be able to marry the two and uh, Pierre Maguire is not somebody that I want. And I'm glad that a team that, 
is a rival to the Montreal Canadiens has him like that to me is, is it's positive to me. You know, it's like, it's, it's like any team that's in your division and is such a close rival uh, taking steps back is what you want as a fan. And it's, it's not at all to like make fun of the senator's fans or anything like that. Like we've talked so much in the past about how they do deserve better than the ownership that they've, they've had. Now they deserve better than Pierre Maguire too. And, and, and as we were recording this, we had breaking news. The Canadians are extending uh, Dominique Ducharme's contract for three years. So that's coming up in just one moment. But first, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code Locked On. That's betonline.ag, or you can use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right. So I feel like I've been spared because our original plan for this segment was to talk about cap space. And I hate math, even though cap friendly makes it easy. And now I'm so happy that we can roll this conversation over to another day because the Canadians have breaking news in that they have signed Dominique Ducharme for three for a three year contract extension betting. He's getting a nice raise <laughs> given that uh, they made the Stanley Cup final. Um, and uh, let's be honest, we criticize him a lot during the regular season after he took over as head coach. We criticized him all the way through until uh, game five of that Toronto series. And um, and we still had a lot of question marks whenever he did anything over the course of that playoff run. But I feel a lot better about him than I did previously. Uh, the only negative to this is that, you know, if it doesn't work out, then the Canadians now are paying three coaches. Uh, is Michelle Therrien off the uh, off the books? Yes. I hope so. Um, he's Philadelphia's <laughs> problem now. I, I don't want to think about Michel Therrien anymore. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like the Canadians do print money. That's true. But like, it's like, how many head coaches are you going to hire and fire over the course of your tenure? I'm going to say based on the results, he has earned his extension. I don't think that there's any way that, you know, Bergevin or Molson were going to get away with. We're going in a different direction especially with the dearth of, of French-speaking coaches available. I am a little bit apprehensive because I don't know which Dominique Ducharme is the true Dominique Ducharme. And I think that's part of it. I'm, I'm kind of browsing Twitter and I'm, I sent a DM to Ian, one of our good friends about this. And now Ducharme doesn't have to worry about the interim title over his head. He gets a full training camp and he knows what game plan works for this team that he that he learned through the end of the Toronto series, the Winnipeg series uh, that they implemented in the Vegas series. There's an opportunity for this team to grow going forward now. And it's going to be interesting to see how he builds his staff. Assuming Luke Richardson is coming back and that Alex Burroughs is going to Laval, he has an opportunity to add someone to his staff to help coach the forwards in the power play. And I would really like to look at someone like a Guy Boucher, like we've talked about before, but it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Hopefully it's not someone boring. Like we talked about it when they hired Ducharme and when they hired Burroughs and when they hired Bouchard is that these aren't retreads. These are new, they represent risk. Something this organization has kind of shied away from for a long time 
and getting Ducharme back and now him proving that this was worth the risk is a huge step forward for this franchise. And I'm I'm very curious. That's one big thing off of Mark Bergevin's to-do list that we talked about this week. Now he's got the expansion draft. He's got free agency and he's got the AHL coming. I wouldn't be shocked to find a bunch of news to start raining down day after day leading up to the expansion draft from here on out. I'm going to withhold judgment on Ducharme in this offseason, what the team does, until I see them after training camp. And then we'll look at what's going on. I do feel a lot more confident following this playoff run than I did going into it, though. A big thing that we kept saying and that I think is going to prove to be true in very short order, assuming they have a full roster that they're happy with uh, when when the season opens and uh, they've had a full training camp and all of that. Uh, I think by November, we're going to know what the deal is because we've had a lot of questions about Ducharme, but I think one of the biggest questions has been over time has been, what is this team? Like, what is their playing style? What is their identity? And we didn't know. And even quite some time well into their playoff run, we were still asking ourselves this question. I think the thing that Dominique Ducharme has shown to me, that is the most important thing is that he has shown a willingness to adjust, which to me is massive. Um, and it's something that you do need to do. Whether or not the adjustments always pay off, still, I think the jury's still out on that. Uh, you know, especially in the final, I feel like there were some decisions that were made that could have been made faster or something like that. The other thing, too, is that we don't know how much of this philosophy is Mark Bergevin's and which how much of it is. Um, is Dominique Ducharme's, you know, we've talked about how they've, they've got a blind spot on defense and, uh, and that's something that uh, they are going to need to work with in the future. There are a couple of things, like you said, you mentioned there's, you know, they have to deal with the special teams and what's going to happen, especially with the power play. And uh, you know, the thing that I think uh, is, is pretty clear to me is that he doesn't have a one size fits all uh, philosophy kind of thing. And he doesn't have a specific system per se, that he refuses to move away from, for example, uh, like a Peter DeVore or something like that. Uh, he has said, you know, uh, when, when asked, when questioned on his lineup decisions, like he always has a logic behind it. He's like, we decided to do this because we wanted to do this. And then because we wanted to do this, we had to make this decision with whoever we played or whoever we removed. He also has a one-on-one relationship with all of his players, uh, which I think is, it's a great sign because it, 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 to me, it helps uh, reassure that each player is being told what he needs to do or what he's doing well. I think that's very important, uh, especially on this particular hockey team where, as they've demonstrated, they each need to be clear on what they're supposed to do and they need to execute it well. So I'm happy about that. I think it's also we have to think about it in this way is that Dominique Ducharme is a first time head coach in the NHL. He's not a first time head coach. Everybody's a first time head coach in the NHL. And he has in the past with with, uh, you know, he had made he had, uh, I guess, garnered some buzz about being somebody new and forward thinking and having new ideas. And uh, and uh, so I think uh, I'm cautiously optimistic about this. I'm not uh, I'm not as down on it. I, I, I swear I thought he was going to get fired as soon as the as soon as the Toronto series was over. I was like, that's it. You know, he's going to get canned and possibly Mark Bergevin's going to get canned too, which now we know it's a very, very different scenario. So I think for me, I'm going to give it until, you know, the end of November. You've got two, two months in the NHL and the end of November is really like when you determine whether the team is going to flounder its last year or whether it's going to be, it's going to have the potential to succeed. 
I think a good a good litmus test isn't just going to be how they do in those first two months, but it, it's going to be in the summer too. I mean, presumably he's going to be in discussions with Mark Bergevin with, uh, with how the future is going to go. Mark Bergevin does seem to be the kind of guy who consults his coaches on things like that. Um, and uh, the other one is going to be who they hire as, as assistants. Like we don't know at the moment uh, who's coming in and what's going to happen with Alex Burrows if he's going back to the AHL. Um, and it, th- I think those decisions are going to be very, very interesting to note. And then, you know, what Mark Bergevin does with the, expansion draft and free agency that's a good uh, we'll talk about you know what that means for the Canadians but I think I'm willing to give Dominique Ducharme like all of the benefit of the doubt based on the fact that he took a team that wasn't meant to do anything all the way to the Stanley Cup final uh and uh you know maybe some of the problems that we had with him during that that run especially during the final maybe those are things where experience will teach him better Yeah, he's still going through the learning process as an NHL head coach. This was all new to him as well. And in the playoffs, you don't have as much time to adjust. It's you adjust or you die, basically. And the final, I think, was a bit overwhelming. Tampa is a ruthless team. It's not like, oh, we lost a game to Tampa and we won't see them for another two, three weeks. It's a, we lost to Tampa. We have about 36 hours to figure it out. And a team like Tampa doesn't allow you to do that because of how they are. I look at his overall body of work in the playoffs and it got much better and that I'm hoping they apply that to the regular season and a full training camp. The guys know what's expected now. I think there's a lot of things that'll kind of even out a little bit and they're not going to have a COVID condensed schedule again, at least we hope where they're playing what, like 23 games in like 41 days or something like that, you know, something absurd. There's a lot of outside factors that won't be there going into next season that I think should help. And we're going to learn a lot about Dominique Ducharme as a coach where it's not the North division anymore. We're back in the Atlantic. You have yes, Toronto. And yes, you have Ottawa that you played a lot last year, but you have Buffalo, you have Detroit, you have Florida, you have Tampa, you have Boston, you have a lot of teams that you got to learn to play against and a lot of teams you're going to have to adjust from as well as the rest of the NHL. We're going to see what Dominique Ducharme can do as a coach who has to game plan more than a handful of teams now for an entire season. And like I said, at the beginning of the segment, I feel a lot better about his ability to adjust now than I did when they went into the first round of the playoffs a couple of months ago. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some commentary saying, you know, I'm 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 kind of so so on this. I'm not as enthusiastic and I I think that's very fair. I absolutely think that's very fair, but like if we're going to, you know, if we're going to say we're going to take that the end of that regular season or the second half of the regular season and judge Dominique Ducharme on only that, or if we're going to take that run to the final, and we're going to judge Dominique Ducharme on only that. Both of them are unfair. And so I think, it, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, season next year. And I'm a little bit more confident with Dominique Ducharme behind the bench than I was earlier. And uh, remember that, you know, this is a this is a team that to a man, they said, you know, we're playing for the guy next to us. We're we're you know, it's we're a team. We're so close. We're so close. And that comes from somewhere that comes from Mark Bergevin and it comes from the coaching staff and the fact that they run through a wall for each other and all of that. And I, I think that that aspect of it is not the the way you win, but it's something that you need in order to succeed. Like if you've got all of the best players and none of them can play with each other and everybody's out for themselves and padding their own stats. And, you know, we heard a lot of rumors about some other teams that we're not going to mention about how some of the star players were behaving. They had a very, very unceremonious exit to the, to the playoffs from the playoffs. So 
I think that's also important. And so Dominique Ducharme was probably a big part of that. And a lot of the players said, you know, towards the end of the season, we became really close. So that's also an aspect where like you have to have skill, but you also have to have a culture. You have to have a system. You have to have a philosophy. So we're going to see what that's, that looks like. And I'm very excited to now edit this, uh, this episode <laughs> and put together the pieces of it that are still relevant after all of this. Um, but, you know, we've still got so much t- to talk about. There's so much news breaking every single day. So don't forget, please follow Locked On wherever you, Locked On Canadians, wherever you get your podcasts so that you will get every new episode in your inbox every single day. We're going to be going all the way past free agency. We're going to have off-season content as well. So you know you want to stay tuned. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Uh, you can also find Scott on Twitter at Scott Matla. You can find me at The Active Stick. Thank you so much for listening. And if you liked this podcast, check out Locked On Today, where you get more of the sports news you need in less time. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts, including the Odyssey app. Thank you so much for listening. Go Habs, go. We'll talk to you tomorrow.